0: Now, what does 90% look like? Well, if there's, let's say, 21 meals and 7 snacks in a week, well, that's 28 times to eat in a week. Well, getting it right 90% of the time means that 25 out of those 28 times, you got it right. Hi, and welcome to the Solving Type 2 Diabetes podcast. I'm Tom, and I'll be your host as I share what I'm doing in my daily life to solve my type 2 diabetes. Listen in as I share the food, movement, and tools that I'm using each day. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. For a full transcript or to follow the Solving Type 2 Diabetes podcast on social media, please head over to solvingtype2diabetes.com for all those links and more. Now, on to the show. you have had an absolutely fabulous week. I have had a very good week, but very busy, packed with traveling. And that's what we're going to be talking about later on in this episode is traveling with type 2 diabetes. Let's look at my week in review. Last weekend, we took two days to drive from Florida. We were in Walt Disney World in Orlando, and we took two days driving home to Pennsylvania. We like to split it up, That gives us about eight hours of driving each day, so we don't have to leave too early out of the resort from Walt Disney World, and we get home at a decent time in the afternoon of the second day. So for us, taking a stop somewhere in the North Carolina, South Carolina range is good for us, and that's exactly what we did. And we made it home, and we were home for a grand total of 36 hours. So as you can imagine, having been away for 12 days and then Being out here now in California for a week, we had to get a lot done in those 36 hours. So that was a busy time at home. Took care of some family things and got repacked and off to the airport. And we had a great flight from Philadelphia out to San Diego. We were able to go nonstop, which is to me always nice. And it was a relaxing flight, pretty darn enjoyable. And then now we're out here in the San Diego area. For a wedding, a family wedding. A uh, niece is getting married, and uh, we're here at an Airbnb. And we have eight of us here, and uh, all siblings and spouses of my wife's family. We're all out here together in this Airbnb. So, as you can imagine, it can get pretty hectic at times. And I had to stay home right now to record this. They're all out doing some tourist type thing, which I was okay uh, skipping and gives me a little break. Honestly, I'm not one for big crowds, even if it's family. I I like some solitude time. So that's what I'm getting right here with you, and I hope you're having a good time listening to this. And later on, after I'm done recording, I'm going to hike over to, there's a state park that's in the foothills, Of what I'm told are the El Capitan Mountains near uh, El Cajon. And uh, I'll be hiking out there for the better part of this afternoon. And then I'm told we're having barbecue for dinner. So I'm looking forward to that a whole lot. That's pretty much my week so far. And the big wedding event is still uh, two days away. And then on Tuesday, we'll be heading home. So it's uh, currently Friday morning. And uh, so we have a few more days here. So that's my week. Let's take a look at my numbers. This has been a very light week as far as closing my rings and working out. I only closed my rings twice in the past seven days, which I think is about the lightest week I've had. I only had two official workouts. They were very nice long walks, and I got in walking other days, but just not enough to close my rings. So I'm going to work on that a little bit more this afternoon. I'm really looking forward to this. It'll be an honest-to-goodness mountain hike, so I'm looking forward to that this afternoon. As far as my glucose goes, that actually has been really great this week. My average over the course of the seven days has been 109, and it equates to an A1c of Uh, 5.3. A1c is typically a 90-day measurement, but this is a seven-day, 24-hour measurement of 109, so if that were a Equated to an A1c, that would be 5.3, which is below the pre-diabetes range. If you remember last episode, I was talking about how I was into the pre-diabetes range at Disney last week, and it's my choices. I can't blame it on the mouse, but this week it's back down below pre-diabetes level again, which I'm so thankful for. A combination of eating, movement, and the medications are all working really well together. I did have, while I was home for 36 hours, I did have a an appointment at the doctor's office to draw blood. And so I'll be hearing next week when we're home from my doctor about how the official A1C test went. And of course, I'll share that with you. That'll be a 90-day reading. My body fat percentage when I was home, I stepped on the scale and it is down to 26.4. As far as body fat percentage, the prior couple of weeks, it had been 27.2. So Being down to 26.4 is great. That equates to about a pound and a half of fat loss, which I'm excited for. And if you listen to last week's episode, you'll know why I do not care about losing weight. And what I mean by that is I track body fat percentage, not overall weight. And if you listen to last week's episode, you know the reasons behind that. So take a listen if you haven't listened to that yet. With regards to my macros, my protein has been a little bit low this week. Um... And again, a week of traveling, that's one of the things you might not be perfect on, but we'll talk about traveling with type 2 diabetes here in a little bit. So my challenge for the week is the large family gatherings. And with my wife's family, when they have a large family gathering, that means one thing, tons of desserts. They will always have tons of desserts. I think literally with every meal. And so that's been a challenge. And I did have some last night. We visited this town of Julian, California, and they're very famous for their apple pies. And it was really good. I did have some last night, and it was very yummy. And I think it's something about having not every meal contain a dessert, so that when you do have a dessert, it seems to taste extra good to me. I think maybe if I were having desserts all the time, not only would that negatively impact my blood sugar, of course, but that would make them not as special, I guess is what I want to say. So having this apple pie last night was absolutely fabulous. And it wasn't just apple. They had other berries in there as well. So that was really yummy. So if you ever get to Julian, California, I have a feeling that the reason you're going there, because it's a very, very small place up in the hills, you're probably going there for the pie. So if you had it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You might want to look up and see if the Julian Pie Company ships. I don't know if they ship or not, but it's uh, probably some of the best apple pie I've had in a long time. So that was really enjoyable. If that's a challenge of yours, always being around these large family gatherings, and they always have food that maybe is not your cup of tea, maybe keep the desserts to just once in a while. And that way, when you do have it, it's not excessive, yet you still get to enjoy it with everyone else. So, that's a little tip. Hopefully, you can turn that challenge if you have it into a win. Okay, let's take a look at the news. I have three articles here for you that I'm hoping you're going to find interesting. Links to these articles are all in the show notes. And you can find those over at the website, solvingtype2diabetes.com. And also, for each podcast, there's a full text transcript that's available as well. So, this first article is called, How Type 2 Diabetes Affects Your Daily Life. And basically, if you don't have type 2 diabetes, let me tell you that it is something that can be overwhelming. And uh, hopefully, you find this podcast helpful. Um, but it talks about here in this article how like, living with a chronic disease like type 2 diabetes comes with a wide range of emotions, that's for sure, and can interfere with many aspects of your daily life. And a lot of people with type 2 diabetes experience anxiety, depression, hopelessness, frustration, and burnout. So there are things that you can do here in this article that they talk about to help with those feelings and those various emotions and moods that you might be experiencing. And the first one they point out is physical activity. And I believe strongly in this. This It's one of the reasons I like getting out and walking and hiking because it does seem to really help with my emotional well-being. They talk about how not only is it critical to lowering and managing your blood sugar levels, but it's also the fact that it can actually give you energy and boost your mood and things like that. So I can fully understand that. Also says that sometimes folks with type 2 diabetes, they can feel like maybe have a lower self-confidence and find it challenging to take the initiative that they need sometimes to manage their diagnosis. But they say that getting realistic goals and doing some planning can help with that self-doubt. So they recommend that as well. They also say that having friendships and relationships is something that is very helpful for everyone, but sometimes that you feel like your diagnosis of type 2 diabetes can keep you out of that. It tends to isolate you, so it's important to find people that can support you, family if you have it, friends. A few good friends can really go a long way. You don't maybe need tons but a few good friends who can understand your situation, like a support group, something like that. We actually have on Facebook, this podcast, the Solving Type 2 Diabetes podcast, actually has a private community on Facebook that is a safe place to discuss some of these issues, and you might find that very helpful. Again, links for all that can be found over on our website, solvingtype2diabetes.com. In summary, they say that while type 2 diabetes certainly can be challenging, there are things that you can do, and it's things we talk about on this podcast that will help you in dealing with your situation. So that's a nice article to take a look at. Check it out. So the next article here is called Diabetes Makes Your Dementia Risk Soar by 73%, and here's what you can do about it. So this article talks about studies that have been done that saying that People with type 2 diabetes have a 73% increased chance of experiencing dementia. And they say that over 37 million Americans currently have diabetes. And it's about one-third of U.S. adults have prediabetes. So that's a tremendous number of people. The 37 million plus about 100 million with prediabetes, that is Quite frankly, close to half of the U.S. adult population. So they say to try and manage this and reduce your chance of getting dementia simply by reducing the effect that your diabetes has on you, it again goes back to some of the common advice here. Diet, proper eating, what I mean by diet is proper eating, healthy eating. For us with type 2 diabetes, that often means reducing the carbohydrate intake getting in healthy omega-3 rich fats, walnuts, flaxseed, chia seed, great places to have that. Antioxidants uh, like berries, broccoli, or uh, artichokes. I don't know that I'm a big fan of artichokes. I guess I got to try those a little bit more. But they're saying that by making these changes, reducing the impact of type 2 diabetes, you can, even if you've been diagnosed, reduce your chance of getting dementia. So it's not a foregone conclusion that you will have it, as long as you can work hard to manage your diagnosis and reduce the negative impact of your type 2 diabetes. The third article here is, it's a study. Now, this is what I call very sciency. You might need translation or a scientific background to understand this article. It's, it says, study uncovers key cause of type 2 diabetes. And I'll just look at the summary here. But it says that glucose metabolites, those are chemicals produced when glucose is broken down in your cells, rather than glucose itself, has been discovered to be the key to the progression of type 2 diabetes. It says in diabetes, the pancreatic beta cells do not release enough of the hormone insulin, which lowers the blood glucose levels we know. And this is because a glucose metabolite damages pancreatic beta cell function. So it says across the globe, about 415 million people have a diagnosis of diabetes. And this study was done by, looks like in the UK, and it's saying that it's these metabolites that can actually damage your cells. And again, this is a very long, in-depth article. It goes on to talk about the actual study itself, and it has links to the study itself that was published in Nature Communications, but there's a link to it here. So to get more out of that article, I'm going to suggest that you really read it in depth. And it's, again, it has a very strong science-y tilt to it, so it's not easy reading, but I thought it was important to let you know about it because anything they can do, I think, to, to find out what the actual cause of getting this diagnosis is. Maybe they can find better medications. Maybe they can try other things. I just watched a video this week. Uh, This is an aside here, but I just watched a video this week about how they're trying to develop artificial pancreas using a stem cell for folks with type 1 diabetes. And evidently, they're having some pretty good success with that. And they use stem cells, and they actually make them into pancreatic beta cells. And they implant these little pods, I'm going to call them, just under someone's skin. And in many of the patients, they took hold, and they grew into pancreatic beta cells, and they were actually able to produce insulin as if it was a brand new pancreas. Now, that's exciting. Now, that's for type 1 diabetics and not type 2 like myself, but still, any progress they can make in this area I think is a good thing. So check out those three articles. Head over, look at the show notes in your podcast listening app, or head over to the Solving Type 2 Diabetes website, and you'll find links to all the articles right there. All right, so our main topic for today is traveling with type 2 diabetes. And as you can tell, we do quite a bit of traveling, which we really enjoy. Now that we're both retired, we can go various places and thankfully are not held down to a tight schedule. But when you're traveling with type 2 diabetes, what I find is planning. Is the biggest help there is. I, I think that giving it a little bit of forethought to where you're going to be, what you're going to be doing, what types of foods will be available. And I think that planning ahead of time is what usually helps me the most. And one of the big areas where I like to plan is oftentimes I'll actually travel with backup food. For example, even though we flew out here to California. I actually packed in my suitcase a few protein shakes. Now, I double bag them in Ziploc bags. I don't want any accidents in my luggage. But I packed a few protein shakes. I packed some really good mixed nuts. I get the kind without peanuts, because I don't think those are technically nuts anyway. But really good mixed nuts, I bring that. This trip, I brought some of my Splenda packets. I like that for my coffee. You might not like artificial sweeteners, but I, I... use them. And so I packed a box of those. Just things. Oh, I packed my water flavoring. I call it spritz, but the little chemical water flavoring, orange or grape or fruit punch or whatever. I like that. So I bring some of that. Not that I can't shop wherever I'm going. I often can, but I like to have something day one so that I have choices, have optionals, things with me in case I can't get the food I want. At least I have something. So that's part of my planning. Oftentimes I'll check out menus if I can. I'll check out the menus ahead of time. We go so far as to like when we drove to Florida or we drive to Hilton Head or other places, we pack some significant groceries with us. We also bring things like a crock pot. We had the crock pot with us when we were at Walt Disney World and of course our the place we stayed had a nice big kitchen but we still brought the crock pot made I think three different recipes across the course of 10 days we were there obviously we did not eat in the room all the time we ate out as well but we knew for a fact that on the nights when we were cooking and we would put it in the crock pot in the morning and then we get back later afternoon and it was just about ready and very convenient We knew we were getting the foods that we wanted to eat and that were helpful. That's part of planning is can you bring, I don't know, maybe it's a coffee French press maker that you happen to like or think about, hey, can I bring some of the things that I like that'll help me? The other thing is even with fantastic planning, you might need to have the ability to adjust on the fly. Maybe the group you're with changes their place they want to go have lunch or dinner and it's not a menu you had the ability to look at ahead of time and you have to adjust maybe you thought you would be able to go grocery shopping and you're for some reason not able to go grocery shopping or you thought you were going to be just eating a quiet simple lunch back at your uh, hotel or the place you're staying like i say we were in an airbnb this week and maybe the group decides no we're all going out so Have the ability to adjust and don't overdo it early in the day, assuming you're going to have just meat and veg for your dinner. That might not happen. So just be able to make these adjustments along the way so that you don't get highly disappointed and then upset and then just go eat the things that are not helpful to you. Just be able to go with the flow a little bit. Somebody said be the water and not the rock. The Water has the ability to flow and to make adjustments, and it eventually will wear away the rock. So, Don't be concerned, though, if you can't plan everything, if you can't adjust around everything. Get it 90% right. Most folks aren't traveling all the time, so it's not the majority of their month that they're traveling. Sometimes for us, it is. I understand that for most folks, traveling is a more rare event and not a constant event. So if you get it 90% right, that's still fabulous. Like last night, I had apple pie. And this morning, my blood sugar was up. Obviously, and that makes sense. But like I reported earlier, for the week, my blood sugar is absolutely fabulous. So get it right 90% of the time, and that will often carry you through. Now, what does 90% look like? Well, if there's, let's say, 21 meals and 7 snacks in a week, that's 28 times to eat in a week. Getting it right 90% of the time means that 25 out of those 28 times, you got it right. So 90% is not half. 90% 90% is not one day I'm right, the next day I'm not, the next day after that I'm not right again. That's not going to help yourself. That's not going to get your eating right. Get it, especially when you're traveling, 90% right, which is still 9 out of 10 times eating what is helpful to you. And if you do, that, sometimes better than 100% because you're not as stressed. And then finally, as I reported earlier, my movement has been off this week, but still, Get in movement wherever you can, even if your walk is not going to close your rings if you track that. Still, get out and walk when you can. And I did that, and I got very close on my movement most of the days that I did not fully close the rings. It was still up there pretty good. So get in the movement when you can. Make it a priority like I'm doing today. I could have sat in the car and done the thirsty things today, but I didn't. I'm going to go hike a mountain this afternoon. And be sure, that means I'm going to have to pay for an Uber a couple times, but still, it's the right thing for me. So I'm getting in my movement when I can. Some days you can't. Two days this week, I was in a car for nine hours a day, maybe a little bit more. And one day, I was by the time we left for the airport until we got here to the Airbnb, that was another twelve-hour day of seven, six and a half or seven hours of it sitting in an airplane seat. So some days it's difficult to get in your movement. And I know that. But when you can, get it in. So those are the thoughts I have about traveling with type 2 diabetes. It comes down to planning, being able to adjust, getting it right the vast majority of the time, and then get your movement in whenever you possibly can, even if it's in small movement snacks. It doesn't have to be all at once. All right, so your questions of the week. We had a question last week, so I guess I can't be greedy. So I'm not too upset we don't have a question this week. But if you would like to send in a question, give me some feedback, the best way to do it, well, there's two really good ways to do it. The first is just simply send me an email directly, tom at solvingtype2diabetes.com. And that's my email address, and you can send me your question or your feedback directly. Or, if you don't remember that email address, you can go over to the solvingtype2diabetes.com website and click on Feedback. And there you can type in your question, you can type in actual feedback on the podcast. I'm happy to receive it all. And if you do send in a question, and if you don't mind, I will read it here on the next podcast episode, and we will discuss it. So feel free to do that. I really would like to hear from you and to let me know what you think. All right. So the main topic for next week will be eating at parties. And I figure since the holiday season is coming up fast, Thanksgiving is in about a week. And then, of course, we have Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and all those other year-end holidays, New Year's. We have all that coming up. So I figured eating at parties might be a good topic to discuss. So we will talk about that next week. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Solving Type 2 Diabetes podcast. I hope you found it valuable. Please follow and leave a five-star review as it helps other people find the podcast. By subscribing, you ensure you won't miss the next episode. You can always get a full transcript of the episode at solvingtype2diabetes.com. There, you will also find the links to leave feedback and links to follow on social media. I'm very interested in hearing from you with comments and suggestions. Thanks very much for listening. Please remember that everything I share is just from my own personal experience and should not be taken as medical or health advice. Please consult your own medical professionals. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only.